Thanks for listening to the weekly Overflow Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon. For more information, visit overflowindy.com or visit us on Facebook at Overflow Indy. I'm going to invite Steve to come up. So if we can give Steve a big welcome, maybe we can stand and give him a welcome here. Awesome. Love you, Steve. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Wow. Someone just say fire. Freedom. Freedom. Breakthrough. Breakthrough. No limits. This is a good crowd tonight. (laughs) The Sunday night crowd. (laughs) How many of you are are not from Overflow? Let's just see. just, uh, Just a lot of you. Welcome visitors and thank you just for... It's a re- regional meeting tonight, regional, and all eyes are on Indianapolis with March Madness, you guys, yes, and you're a city and region of favor. I, I, I shared yesterday with the leaders, I was just praying as I was driving in and uh, using the word uh, Indy, and I was just asking the Lord, who, who is this region, who are you, and I heard this is this is an innovative region. This is a, a region full of innovators, forward movers, cutting edge people. That then the, the church is cutting edge. People here are cutting edge. Your forerunners, your leaders. Uh, you are a Nehemiah region. Nehemiah, one of the greatest uh, people in the Old Testament. He was a, a passionate man. He was builder. He, he was a man of passion and strategy it's it's sometimes you people are passionate they feel things but they don't know how to build things other people know how to build things but they they don't they're not emotionally connected to what's going on and and i just see this is a, a region where because he wept when he heard the walls were down but he didn't stay emotional <laughs> he got a plan he was courageous and that's who you are you are a Nehemiah uh, leader. You're a Nehemiah woman, Nehemiah man. This is a Nehemiah region. It's raising up Nehemiahs. And, and then I hear with the D, this is a region of dramatic conversions. Dramatic conversions. The <coughs> there's, uh, there's Saul's becoming Paul's. And, and you're, a, you're, a, you're a region uh, with youth explosion. Ha-ha. <laughs> you're you're a, a region of a forerunner in the youth revival that's happening. So I thank you, Father, for what's going on. I was thinking about a testimony. Just think about God's goodness tonight. <laughs> it's hard not to think about God's goodness. And the, the, it's impossible to exaggerate God's goodness. When I get to heaven, God's not going to pull me aside and say, Steve, you thought I was too good. <laughs> you thought I was too good. I wasn't as good as you thought I was. <laughs> Ha, 
But the test, I love testimony. Here, here's a great testimony. I was in South Africa a few years ago and, and went to a Thursday night meeting, random place, never been there before. Place is packed out. Great, great facility. Uh, had a Christian school. Uh, the, just the hunger in the group was incredible. Um, and I asked the story and how they got there. And the pastor's name was Paul. His great-grandfather was a drunkard in South Africa. And he went, he decided to go to a John G. Lake meeting. <laughs> now, many of you know John G. Lake is a great healing evangelist after the turn of the century. And, and he, in his, uh, he went there, and he actually went there with a bottle of alcohol in his back pocket. Ha-ha. <laughs> and he got radically saved. Someone say radically saved. <laughs> and, and, and two weeks later, he tells his wife, that he, they're going into the ministry. <laughs> that happened about 100 years before I was there. Mustard seed. <laughs> Grew into a tree. I was sitting in the branches of that tree of what started 100 years ago because of one guy. And unless John G. Lake was flowing in the spirit that night, he might have looked at that guy with a bottle of alcohol and said, that man does not have much potential. Ha <laughs> ha. Let's laugh at that. Ha ha. Ha ha. That man doesn't have much potential. Ha <laughs> And I love it. And by the way, the Lord's releasing tonight long-term thinking. I'm believing someone 100 years from now is going to say there was a meeting. <laughs> what is it? March 28th, 2020, there was a meeting in a place called Overflow. They had just kind of started, and you know all about Overflow Ministries. Now it's just overflowing the earth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, 100 years, they, yeah, but they were, they were just starting out. You know, they got Jesse and Jessica Cup. They, were, they had a vision, and they were going to go to Indianapolis. They felt God wanted them to do that. You, know. now, you all know the story. We've, it's all in those books over there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I believe it. And I believe 100 years from now, somebody says, yeah, my great-grandma or grandpa or someone was in, a meet was in that meeting, and they got ignited. Everything changed in that meeting. Yeah, short-term thinkers are unhealthy. Now, even uh, many of our prophetic words won't be fulfilled in our own lifetime. If we think the prophetic words that we receive are just going to be fulfilled in our lifetime, we're thinking too small. Because when God gives a prophetic word, he gives a prophetic word for our, our family tree, our spiritual family tree and our physical family tree. And, and we just, we say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for a long-term thinking here. Thank you for mustard seeds that are, that <coughs> people are, are, things have started in our life that people are going to live in the branches of our lives. Branches of overflow. <laughs> so good to be with you, Jesse and Jessica. Thank you. Thank you. You're, you're a regional revival center. Overflow is and I just want to thank Overflow. Man, I've, I've felt so well taken care of. 
man, I am blessed. Do you need anything? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. And just thank, thank you so much. Thanks for Overflow. We're proud of you, proud of the building that you've got here. This is, this is great. I shared this morning, this is going to be the first of many buildings. Many buildings. Hey, Kylie, I got a word for you. You want to stand up? <laughs> Kylie, I was, she was on a Zoom with me, I think it was last spring. And, and I said to Kylie, I've got a wor prophetic word for you. And then what happened, Kylie? The Zoom just went, shh. <laughs> And we know Kylie, she doesn't battle any disappointments. She never, she, <laughs> you just said. But I hear this, Kylie, you are a magnifier of God, not a magnifier of the problem. You're a mag, and, and you're going to see something in Psalm 34. By the way, I hear there's five truths out of Psalm 34 who are gonna, that's going to become an anchor and a launching pad for this season. Five truths out of Psalm uh, 34, and one of them is, oh, magnify the Lord with me. And we've been in a season where people have wanted to magnify the problem. <laughs> and we can't make God any bigger, but we can make him bigger in our eyes. And you have an anointing to cause God to get bigger in people's eyes, to see the bigness of God, to see the greatness uh, of God. And, and I, I hear that that you're you're <laughs> you like this yeah and i hear you're you have a, an anointing to cause other people to magnify the lord and i hear this whole magnifying the lord movement it's going to include worship but it's it's things outside of worship and there's creative ideas because you're an incredibly creative innovative person you are one of the innovators in this region and you are a releaser and a creator of innovators. And, but there's spiritual innovation in you. You're, you're a revivalist teacher, and you are, uh, a, you are going to create a movement of magnifiers of the Lord. So I bless you with that word. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> what a chuckling. You want to say, yeah, you want to say, will you want to say something? <laughs> Confirmation. couple things I want to say. I don't know if you got that slide of our ministry. Uh, if that's available, I just wanted to mention that now. By the way, isn't my wife beautiful? Yeah. Wendy, uh, I get to see Wendy tomorrow. We're excited, <laughs> excited about that. And uh, so if you want to connect with us, I do a weekly podcast. Uh, my, my podcast and blog that's coming out tomorrow is called Never Stop Starting. <laughs> Never Stop Starting. 
my youth pastor got saved at age 19. He, he, he told me that, just never stop starting, Steve. I struggled so much in my first year of being a Christian, didn't think I was going to make it. <laughs> I remember coming into some home groups, just barely crawling in. I, I, I got on my face, and, pray for me. I just don't know if I can do this. And God's grace just has caused it to happen. And, and so that's, yeah, and you can, yes. <laughs> we got blogs, we got declarations on there. One of my favorite declaration lists is a list that's on our website called 25 Declarations for Leadership and Influencers. I, I would, there's somebody in the room who's going to start declaring those things morning and night. It's going gonna, it's gonna to change your life. They're basically like, there are 25 areas to work out, to work your beliefs out in. One of my visions is, is that belief workouts will become more popular than physical fitness workouts. Because nobody wants flabby beliefs. <laughs> flabby beliefs are just a bummer. Because if you have flabby beliefs, you have a limited load-bearing capacity. I mean, you just can't handle I, I just cave in. Your cave-in point, because I, I want to increase my cave-in point. You know what the cave-in point is? That's when you just close the door, you get, put your head under the covers. I, I, I don't want to see anybody. I don't, I'm, you know, just anybody relate to that? Yeah, and that's, but working your beliefs out. Like the first one on the list is the adaptability. Adaptability. <laughs> <laughs> belief yes <laughs> and the declaration with that is I will thrive no matter what happens say that with me I will thrive no matter what happens say it again I will thrive no matter what happens I mean that's what Paul he must have gone to a name it and claim it blab it and grab it church ha <laughs> I mean, he said in Philippians 4.13, what I can do what? All things through Christ who strengthens me. I mean, that's a lot of things. <laughs> if God wanted to think with limitations, he did a bad job. Bad job in telling us. If he wanted me to think small, he did a bad job in telling me. I can do all things. And basically, Paul's, the verses before that says, whether I'm a, abounding or abased, whether I've got plenty or little, I've learned to be content. I've learned to be inwardly successful. I like it. He said he learned. He wasn't zapped with it. He learned. And if you're not inwardly at content right now, you're learning. You're learning to be. You, you'll, you'll get there. Just say, I'm going to get there. You're going you're gonna to get there. If it, he said whether I'm in jail or a millionaire, I'll thrive. I can do all things. When COVID started, I, start, I said this. I said, I'm going to thrive no matter what happens. I'm adaptable. Just say, I'm adaptable. And then there's a, there's a whole bunch of other declarations in that, 25 declarations for leaders and influencers. It, it's... Uh, you can just do an online search and that'll come up. Those will change your life. 
I dare you, I double dare you to say those every day for a month. I think I'll triple dog dare. <laughs> triple dog dare you. <laughs> and then a couple other things that we're doing. Uh, Wendy and I are doing on April 23rd and 24th, Friday and Saturday, an Abounding Hope and Joy online conference. Last year we had uh, about 500 people who did it through Zoom, and we, we just invited people on it. I mean, Wendy, some of you have experienced Wendy. When, when I travel uh, and I'll, I'll go to one a place first, and then I bring Wendy the second time with me, Basically, people send me the message, do not come again without Wendy. <laughs> That's what I hear. Don't, yeah, we like you, Steve, but. But. <laughs> so we're going to do an online conference. And what we've done, we've done a, a, an interesting pricing for that. We, we did it last year for COVID just because we knew people were challenging financially. We gave three price points, and they all get the same content. They say $45, $30, or $15. And we say, even if people can't afford it, just let us know. We want people, if you, because this message of hope and beliefs and joy, victorious mindsets, we need this right now. We need this right now. So you can find that at ignitinghope.com. Just scroll down on the homepage. You'll, you'll see that. And then she's also doing a spirit living course, an eight-week course starting May 3rd that will also, that just she's using her book, Living from the Unseen. And if you're a Holy Spirit man or a Holy Spirit woman, which I think there's a few of them in the room, <laughs> that course, because Wendy's got a hold of a live wire in the spirit realm. She's scary. I tell Wendy, I say, please don't tell me what you did in prayer today. <laughs> I do not want to hear it. <laughs> yeah. But she's also so biblically based and strong. So. And then I got a book out there. This is called Igniting Faith in 40 Days. We don't have many books. This is a 40-day devotion. It's actually the first book we wrote. And it's been the most impacting book of anything that we've, we've written. I mean, I've written many books like The Culture of Empowerment, Victorious Mindsets, Possessing Joy, Let's Just Laugh at That, Cracks in the Foundation, Higher, Oh, Higher for You. Yeah, Jesse helped me write Higher for He's on the back cover <laughs> and helped me write that book, Higher. Thank you <laughs> for making sure I didn't forget that one. Ha, 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 ha. Did I say higher perspectives? That's the book. <laughs> 50, it's a devotional, 50 higher perspectives in the Bible where people, either Bible characters or scriptures that reveal a higher perspective. Like David said, this day the Lord will give you into my hands. Shout, for the Lord has given us this city. I will become even more undignified than this. Those are all higher perspectives. <laughs> so this one is um, the power of hope, declarations, and negativity fast. 
I was in a season of heavy food fasts, and the Lord basically said, Steve, your food fasts aren't doing much good. <laughs> and when I say I hear the Lord, it was, it, these are conclusions that I make in prayer, in dialoguing in the word, and then, then I say, the Lord, this is what I believe the things he told me. And he said, your food fasts aren't doing much good. I love your heart to separate yourself to me. But the positive of your food fast plus the negative of your general overall pessimism equals a big zero. <laughs> equals a big zero. Because the kingdom of God is not moved forward by good conduct. It's moved forward by good beliefs. The old covenant was moved forward by good behavior. The new covenant's moved forward by good beliefs. And I'm all for good behavior, but even to change our behavior, we have to first change our beliefs. The greatest question of the hour is not, Lord, what should I do? The greatest question of the hour is, Lord, what should I believe? What do you want me to believe? What, what do you want me to renew my mind with in this season? And, and one great truth is that we can choose what we're going to believe. I can, I, I can choose what I'm going to believe about me. It may not feel like it, but I can. So this is a great book. I think I'm going to sew it right here. <laughs> and what's your name? Alicia. Hey, Alicia, <clears throat> yeah, I just see just there's really a God's heart for you. Yeah, get that ready. God's heart for you is so powerful. And, and, and I, I hear the words um, an, an angelic releaser. Angelic releaser. And I just see the Lord just showing you uh, in the Bible where the angels are mentioned. And, and I see the revelation that you have on angels is going to increase. And that revelation, I even just see like <coughs> fiction books and other things connected to uh, angels and you know, where like the book, the old, uh, the, this present darkness was about the demonic. The yours is going to be more of the, the power of angels because there's, there, there's twice as many angels as demons. And your, uh, your influence is increasing. It's increasing. And it's going to surprise you. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. Let's see what else I got here. Yeah. Man, this has been a good meeting. <laughs> I, I, I hear that this is a pessimism deliverance service. <laughs> That's what I, I heard. <laughs> All right, so uh, Mark chapter 12. Mark chapter 12, I want to start there. <clears throat> there in starting in, in verse 18, the Sadducees who do not believe in the resurrection present Jesus with a ridiculous hypothetical situation. And, and I, I won't. Well, I guess I will read it. Um, I was going to paraphrase, but it's, it's kind of, it's, it's rather humorous on one level. 
Verse 18, Mark 12, then some Sadducees who say there is no resurrection came to him and they asked him, saying, Teacher, Moses wrote us that if a man's brother dies and leaves his wife behind and leaves no children, his brother should take his wife um, and raise up offspring for his brothers. Now there were seven brothers. The first took a wife and dying, he, he left no offspring. The second took her, he died. Uh, nor did they leave any offspring. And the third likewise, so the seven had her and left no offspring. Last of all, the woman died also. <laughs> then they asked this, this really pertinent kingdom question. <clears throat> Therefore, in the resurrection, when they rise, whose wife? Will she be? How <laughs> I many know some things just aren't really that important? I mean, like I'm sure I'm sure some people, some Christians are are just just consternated and just befuddled over whether Adam had a belly button or not. <laughs> I mean, are just trying to you know. <laughs> just thinking about it day and night. I gotta get. It's actually it doesn't matter. Whose wife will she be for, for all seven had her as wife? Jesus answered them, answered and said to them, are you not therefore mistaken? I mean, this whole direction is mistaken. Are you not? Because you do not know the scriptures nor the power of God. And then, then he goes on to say more, but I want to just stop there. He, he says, know the scriptures are the power of God. Now, there's two things that I want to know in my life. How many like it simple? I like it. I, there's two things to know. The scriptures, the power of God. I want to be both a word man and a Holy Spirit man. I, I don't want to be one or the other. I mean, if you're all word and no spirit, you dry up. If you're all spirit and no word, you blow up. <laughs> 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 and, and if you're, but if you're word and spirit, you grow up. You grow, and 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 usually one of us. I mean, we either lean more to one side or the other. I'm I tend to be a word man, and and that's where Wendy and I. We've been married over forty years, and we love each other and best friends, but we still don't always agree with each other. Let's laugh at that. Uh-huh. I mean, if you want to boil us down in our early days, I was word man. I just, yep, here's three points out of the Bible. Just do it. <laughs> she says, I, I need an encounter. I don't do three points. I need Holy Spirit. And we... we Clashed, but then we actually honored each other and we've received from each other. Um, and so we're, we're either, you know, probably more one or the other. And I'll tell you later on my story of how the Lord moved into the Holy Spirit. Ezekiel's river, it, it's Ezekiel 47, ankle deep, knee deep, waist deep, and swimming. That's a great illustrative thing there and I've been thinking about uh, 
the word transformation in the Bible. And the word transformation comes out of a Greek word called metamorpho. And you can tell what that word is, metamorphosis, metamorpho. And the, the Greek word metamorpho is translated four times in the New Testament. Two times it's translated transfigured, when Jesus was transfigured and his face shone and his garments were as white as, as could be. And, and so Jesus was metamorphosed. The, the, in Romans 12, 2, where it says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, it says, be metamorphosed. Go through the process of what a caterpillar does. Because the renewing of the mind is the process of getting into your experience who you already are. So the reason we renew our minds intentionally with truths higher than what we're feeling and experiencing is that's the process of being transformed. But there's another way we can be transformed. It's in 2 Corinthians 3.18, and it, it says, and, and we behold, and we beholding as in a mirror, Mm -hmm. Let me find it. <clears throat> Three, eight. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord. And by the way, this is a house of glory. And this is a region of, of glory. Beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed being metamorphosed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Now, this is the, so there's two main ways to be transformed, and it's really, um, it's two ways that, represent or, or are similar to what Jesus said in Mark 12. You need to know the scripture and the power of God. Now, we get metamorphosed, we get transformed by renewing of the mind, but we also get transformed by beholding the glory of the Lord. And so this, is the, this, this one is, is the power of God, is the, the glory of the Lord. Now, this, this year, I haven't traveled much, and we, we have five acres in Redding, and I have a quarter-mile walking trail that I walk. And I, I've tended, and I've really, you know, I've tended to be, again, I'm a, I'm a high-level mind renewer. That's who I am. I mean, I'm radical. I'm a relentless mind renewer. About 30 years ago, I started renewing my mind radically with truth. And, and, there, and there's been, I declared war on my thinking, and there's been no ceasefire. <laughs> People say, how, how, Steve, how long do I need to renew my mind radically? I say, start with a, fi a five-year commitment, and then see what happens. <laughs> Go for it for five years. Start declaring Start reading books on mind renewal. Start going after lies where, where, where you don't have hope. It's under the influence of a lie. Do it for five years and then see what happens.
I, I, I started that, you know, and then it, it's been, yeah, almost 30 years, 25, 30 years. And, man, I, I there's no quitting. I want to go where no person has ever gone and believe in truth. And one thing, I love Romans 12, too, because uh, Romans 12, too, says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Romans 12, too, takes all limits off our lives. Because there's no limit to how much I can renew my mind, so there's no limit to how much I can be transformed. Someone say no limits. <laughs> that makes me happy. But it's I've been this, but I've been adding in a greater way this other thing about beholding the glory of the Lord. Beholding as in the mirror. In the 80s, there was a man named Larry Lee who created a prayer movement where he he challenged people to pray one hour with the Lord's Prayer. How many of you remember that? Yeah. And he took the Lord's Prayer, and you would pray 10 minutes for each part of the Lord's Prayer. And I remember the ten, that one of the 10 minutes was hallowing his name. You'd spend 10 minutes just hallowing. I mean, I, I would be in my prayer walks. I'd be praying, pacing, taking 10 minutes of the names of God. And, and he, he pulled out these Hebrew names of God like Jehovah, uh, Jireh, and my provider, so I would just be worship. Oh, you're my provider. Thank you, Lord. You're such a great provider. Thank you that you're providing my emotional needs. Thank you that, you know, that you're providing my relational needs. Thank you. That, and, or, or Jehovah Rophi, you're my healer. Thank you, Lord. I worship you as my healer. And, and I was brought back to that. And, and I, I, I just, it says that you behold as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. And, and I, I got the revelation that whatever I behold and, uh, and, and I worship him as, that I become, I become transformed of the aspect of God that I'm beholding and worshiping. So I, I, would, you know, I would go on my, be, I, I call them my beholding his glory walks. I tell Wendy, I'm going on my beholding his glory walk, you know, usually right in the evening. I'd say, and I take it, and sometimes I'd ask, uh, what, what part of God's nature should I behold and, and worship? And she'd tell me, dude, hey, why don't you do tonight the God of wonders? You know, okay, so I just go, oh, man, the one. I mean, he's wonderful counselor. He's mighty God. He's prince of peace. You can take any of those. Everlasting Father author and finisher of our faith. I did that one. I thought, I can't worship you. The, I'm holding you as the author and finisher of faith. And then I become that. I become, I become the author and finisher of other people's faith. Prince of peace. I become a prince of peace. <laughs> and, 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 and even tonight, I, I, I sense the Holy Spirit is is because we, we tend to, if we're just a mind renewer and not a beholder, we tend to be disconnected. We, we tend to be more a formula person. I've got this formula. Just follow it. <laughs> you don't need relationship. Just do this. <laughs> so mind renewers need to be beholders too. Need to be presence people. 
But beholders need to be mind renewers. Because if beholders are, are not renewing their mind, they tend to be uh, they tend to be victims of their emotions. Feeling driven rather than truth driven. And I love feelings. But but I, I can't if I'm just feeling driven, then I'm probably going to be influenced by everything outside of me and, and rather and allowing them to influence me rather be in an atmospheric shifter through my beliefs. So thank you, Lord, tonight to just say I am a radical mind renewer. And I am a radical beholder. And so we're, we're talking about these two things that Jesus says. You, neither, you, you are mistaken. You need, neither know the scripture nor the power of God. Now, let me just say a little bit more about scripture. I believe this, that knowing the scripture, one of the main thing evidences we know the scripture is that we're going to get hope. Romans 15, 13 says, Now may the God of hope fill you. I saw in the airport the other day, someone was wearing a shirt, God is hope. I said, wow, I'm going to worship God of hope. Yeah, I'm going to behold him as in a mirror. Oh, thank you, Lord. You're the God of hope. When I was, when I was first learning about hope and joy and I got saved uh, at 19, about 15, 16 years in. I started really getting into revelation on hope. And when I first heard about hope and joy, I thought, oh, no, now I have to be happy, too. <laughs> I'm trying so hard to be a good Christian. Now I got to be happy, too. That sounds like a lot of work. But I began to realize that, that uh, a perspective of hope and joy is just the fruit of having good beliefs. It'll just come. So Romans 15, 13 says, Now may the God of hope fill you. What do you think is going to happen when the God of hope fills us? Think we might get some hope? Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. Hope's got two buddies who hang out with him. All joy and peace. Not just a little joy. All joy. All joy. That can get radical. Uh-huh. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Say in believing. Which is the two key, it's the two key uh, words in the verse. And then it says that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I mean, you get so much hope. You start believing, Holy Spirit then gets activated by our beliefs. And we get so much hope, we, we just... <laughs> we get the Tigger anointing. <laughs> I used to have symptoms of the Eeyore anointing. <laughs> Nobody wants Pastor Eeyore. <laughs> yes, I'm Pastor Eeyore. Good to have all two of you here today. 
I'm in part 85 of my series. <laughs> Why things are only going to get worse. <laughs> no, thank you. Nobody wants to hook onto that. I got enough issues, let alone hooking onto a hopeless leader. My, my favorite definition of hope is this, is that hope is the belief that the future will be better than the present. And I have the power to help make it so. Hope is the belief that the future will be better than the present. And I have the power to help make it so. And so if you boil Romans 15, 13 down to its essence, it's now may the God of hope fill you in believing. So the moment I believe truth is the moment I start getting filled by hope. Increasing hope is the evidence I'm renewing my mind with truth instead of lies. Decreasing hope is the evidence I'm renewing my mind with lies instead of truth. So my hope levels the indicator of whether I'm believing lies or truth. Now, the, I'm learning this in the desert in Nevada, pastoring in the 90s. And when I first started learning this stuff, it was very discouraging. It's a lot easier to blame the devil. The devil's my problem. The devil wasn't after me so much I could really do something. I'm a victim of the devil. But I began to realize I'm a victim of me. Yeah, a victim of my beliefs. That was discouraging. I mean, this was not a convenient time to go higher in beliefs. So let me just share with you some the different things in my life at that time that were telling me I was a failure. And you can laugh after each one. I had a non-successful car. <laughs> <laughs> My church size was not successful. <laughs> Let's just give an extra laugh on that one. <laughs> My uh, salary and bank account was not successful. <laughs> My hair was starting to get non-successful. Ha, <laughs> And my home, <laughs> which was a single wide, single wide trailer, old single wide trailer, sitting next to the church called Parsonage, <laughs> was not successful. <laughs> it was in that season the Lord says, I want you to start believing higher. I want you to start talking and thinking higher. So how about this? Lord? I'll make a deal with you. How about when things start getting better in my life, then I'll start believing better. Is that okay with you? And guess what he said? No. <laughs> so that's not okay with me. Because the nature of faith is that you believe something higher than what you're feeling and experiencing. That's what faith is. I used to say, yep, I'll believe when I see Yes, amen. Yep, Lord said, that's really good. You're a great man of fact. 
<laughs> it's really noble. You believe after you see something in your experience. And we applaud that. So this is, I mean, this time, my, my hope level is the indicator of whether I'm believing lies or truth. It changed my life. And there's no condemnation if we're believing lies. But if we don't know what our problem is, we have a real problem. We heard this, your hopelessness about a problem is a bigger problem than the problem. That's a game changer. Because once you start saying, wow, my lack of hope about maybe a personal weakness, family situation, finances, something else. Once you actually believe what I'm believing about that is more important than what I'm doing about that, that that's a game changer. I like to laugh at lies. Let's, let's laugh at this lie. <coughs> Romans 12.2 is actually a mistranslation. What it meant to say is be transformed by trying harder. It's be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so this, <coughs> this, this hope piece, you neither know, you know the scriptures and the power of God. I believe one of the evidences of knowing scripture is you're going to have hope. I'm preaching with Wendy, and she sometimes, she'll just, we'll frequently say things we never heard each other say while we're preaching. And so one time I'm preaching with her and she says this. We're talking about difference between faith and hope. And she says this. She says, faith without hope is weird. <laughs> faith without, and so we began to unpack that. Because if we try to be a faith person without hope, we're unhealthy. Hope is what makes our, our faith healthy. Hope is the evidence that we're prospering in our soul, that we're delighting in the Lord. The, the difference, this is maybe overly simplistic, but this is what I see as the difference between faith and hope. Faith is very specific, while hope is more general. Faith says God's going to do this. Hope says I don't know what God's going to do, but good things are coming. Good things are coming. Hope, one definition of hope is this, is hope is, is, an, is an overall optimistic attitude about the future based on the goodness and promises of God. It's overall. Faith says, God's, <coughs> this prayer is going to be answered. Yes, amen. Hope says, even if that prayer isn't answered, we're going to thrive. Faith says, I'm getting married. Hope says, even if I don't get married, I'll thrive. Faith says, this person's going to get elected. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm, I'm glad I'm leaving tomorrow. Have <laughs> I played? I thought on Sunday night I'd just pull out both barrels. <laughs> Hope says even if that person isn't elected, I'm going to thrive. Faith people who do not have hope have a great difficulty overcoming disappointment because they tend to put all their eggs in one basket. This has to happen or it's all over. I'm not saying we never stand in faith. We do need to stand in faith. But I believe we've underemphasized hope. Hope is the safety net for when what we believe for in faith does not happen. Because hope people believe they have options. Hope people believe they have a lot of options to fulfill what God has for them. Faith people without hope have limited options. I want you to say, I have a lot of options. <laughs> say it again. Say it louder. It's amazing. Those who believe they have a lot of options have a lot of options. <laughs> that's, how, that's how that works. I could go on on Scripture, but I want, I want to, you need to know the Scripture of the power of God. I want to get into the power of God just for a few minutes. Here. And the power of God is moving, and in, in, I want to just illustrate it by moving deeper into the river of God. And again, Ezekiel 47 is this great imagery uh, of moving deeper. And if you haven't read that, I'm not going to go into that, but it just talks about the Spirit leading Ezekiel deeper, ankle deep, knee deep, waist deep, swimming. And the purpose, one of the purposes of God is that we not only are into Scripture, but we're also into moving deeper into our Holy Spirit personal experience. Now, one thing I've, I've noticed about me is that it, it seems to me that as I move deeper, it often is met with me being uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm uncomfortable. I used to think my comfortability level was the indicator of whether something was from God or not. <laughs> I'm uncomfortable. It can't be God. As God is a gentleman, and I'm sure his greatest concern is my comfort. <laughs> and besides, all things must be done decent and in order. Yes, amen. <laughs> then he said, he told me, yes, Steve, but cemeteries are decent and in order. <laughs> yeah, wow. <laughs> That's a good, good point. <laughs> They're decent and in order, but not much is happening. <laughs> As I remember, you know, my own journey of going deeper, I remember I get saved and I'm in church, you know, I don't know how long. I was 19 years old, new in church. And then the song leader said these dreaded words. Everybody raise your hands. I thought, oh, no. Not that. <laughs> I know everybody's looking at me. <laughs> uh, 
glad that's over. <laughs> Next week, everybody raise your hands. Okay, not as bad, but not my thing. Next week, everybody raise your hands. Ooh. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> Next week, freedom! Whoa! And then the following week, I didn't even wait for the song leader. when I first heard somebody speaking in tongues. Oh, man. That was uncomfortable. <laughs> Uncom yeah, I, remember, I, I gotta say, I remember I had a friend of mine, his name is Greg. He said, hey, Steve, you ever heard about the baptism of the Holy Spirit? I said, no, is that water baptism? He says, no, I think it's something else. I got something else in scripture. I said, I so, all right, I mean, I just, that makes me nervous. I've got some tongue speakers in church, and I they sound a little weird, and so I remember I'm in a, a college group. I remember the, the exact date. It was December 14th, 1975. It's my wife's birthday. We're in a college group Saturday night, and they're praying. They, they, they want to pray for me to get baptized in the Holy Spirit and speak in tongues. <laughs> oh, man. I'm nervous. They put me in the, they put me in the hot seat. You know what the hot seat is? Yeah, you, you sit there, Steve. Yeah, we're going to gather around you. I mean, they're gathering around me. They're laying hands on me. They're grabbing me. And, and I'm uncomfortable. And Wendy, she's my girlfriend. She's sitting. She's on the outside of the perimeter. They're praying for me. <laughs> Nothing's happening. I try <laughs> not and, and they're praying for me, and I hear her speaking in tongues. I said, God, hey, I'm the guy they're praying for. <laughs> Now I'm getting more uncomfortable. <laughs> and I remember that night I got some breakthrough. I just got like a couple words of my youth pastor, Richard. He said, just speak them, just speak them over and over and over. And then the, later on the floodgates broke you know, for that. And it was, and it's so been such an important part of my life to edify myself. And, but I was uncomfortable. I remember also when the song leader said these uncomfortable words, everybody dance. <laughs> I mean, the worship leaders are always causing problems. <laughs> They're always, always trying to push me in the river. Listen, I want to go at my own pace. ha. <laughs> And, and, and so, man, oh, man, I'm a, everybody dance. I'm a Scandinavian white guy. <laughs> I mean, we don't, we got to be dynamited out of things to get us to move. 
<laughs> and so I, I said, well, I guess I'll, I'll just do the charismatic hop. <laughs> that, that's not my thing. That's on, that can't be God because I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> but then I kept doing it, and then, well, I started dancing without the song leader singing it. Man, I, I, it's just like freedom. Huh? It's just, uh, yeah. I remember in the early 90s, holy la- a phenomenon called holy laughter broke out. There'd be a meeting like this. And someone who was not planning on laughing (laughs) would start laughing and then couldn't stop laughing. (laughs) Sometimes whole sections of people who weren't planning on laughing would start laughing and and then couldn't stop laughing. Ushers did not know what to do. We might need more ushers right now. I think that's I think that's what, that's what I'm sensing. <laughs> sometimes preachers, sometimes preachers would come to the pulpit fully intending on preaching. And they would open their mouths and all that would come out would be laughter. And as as I observed that, I was troubled and uncomfortable. <laughs> As troubled and uncomfortable. I said, God may want us a little happy, but I don't think he wants us that happy. <laughs> I mean, just my journey. I remember my, my journey of breaking out of joy impairedness. And I mean, this was in the '90s. It was it was wild. I mean, it's 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 getting wild again. I mean, it's wild. Man, you, whew, you, you go to meetings. You you didn't close your eyes. <laughs> I I didn't. I'm, I'm I'm looking around. I mean, there's you know there's there's some scary people in this room. I, 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 I'm keeping my eye on that one. <laughs> I'm keeping my eye on. He'd have me do things like there'd be people laughing on the floor. I basically feel Steve, he'd say, Steve, go lie down just next to them. Yeah. And and, and really, and, and when I learned to receive by faith, not by feeling, which was a big key for me, because I was, I was trying to have an encounter. I was encounter impaired. And <laughs> and it was just, just, just relax. Don't try to make something happen. Just receive by faith, but don't, don't run from it. People would be manifesting, you know, with Holy Spirit inebriation. <laughs> He'd just say, just go stand by him. And I remember it, just, it was uncomfortable. I said, man, I feel, I feel like a, a, a fish out of water. I feel like I'm not one of them. But it just, I just kept leaning in, leaning in. And, and, and it's just about knowing the script. Because what it is, it, it's, it's the wineskin. You can't put 
new wine in an old wineskin. And there's two components of a, the new wineskins. One, it's going higher in your thinking, and it's going higher in what you'll experience. Th those are the two things. That's what the, the new model of leaders and preachers, and that's, wha that's who I'm talking to. Now. I'm talking to great influencers who value both. A and the story I'll, I'll share, and there's so many others about going deeper, and I shared this yesterday with um, the leaders. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm starting, maybe I'm, I don't know where I'm at, knee deep possibly at this time. I mean, this, we're in Round Mountain, Nevada. We, we've met Bill Johnson. Toronto has broken out. Many of you know about Toronto Blessing, how it influenced the church. And Wendy, my wife, I mean, she, she's so deep in the river, I can't even see her anymore. And I'm still kind of splashing around. And, and we have this ministry called Circuit Rider Tent Ministries that calls me up. We're about the only charismatic Pentecostal church within an hour, hour and a half, where we are in central Nevada. And they, uh, these, I could tell, they, they respond out of Nevada. It's a renewal tent is how they described it, a renewal tent. And they wanted to bring their tent to my town for 10 days. And I knew these were the Christians my mom warned me about. <laughs> but before my mind could say no, my spirit said, yes, bring your tent. <laughs> and when they brought their tent, they had a sign on the tent that troubled me and made me uncomfortable. And the sign was this, the party is here. <laughs> that just, I thought, this is church. What do they mean the party is here? <laughs> so they... We go, they have noon meeting and night meetings, two meetings a day for 10 days. And these, the people leading the tent, there's a couple and one other man, and these people were barely functional. <laughs> yeah, hallelujah. <laughs> they were barely functional. And I, I just, man, I mean, they, they do worship, and then the speaker would be like this. He would crawl up to the pulpit. He would crawl. He'd pull himself up on the pulpit. He'd lean over the pulpit. He'd just put his head over the pulpit. <laughs> He'd be there like for five, ten minutes, just every once in a while saying, Ho! Oh! <laughs> He say, "Ho!" Oh, and man, I was watching him, and I was I was troubled and uncomfortable. <laughs> I, I talking to the Lord. I'm saying nothing's happening. I I want I want to get to the message. <laughs> I, I, this, 
We need a sermon. <laughs> we need the sermon right now. He's up there hoeing. <laughs> Nothing's happening in the Holy Spirit. Yeah, there is something happening, Steve. This meeting's all about you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Because <laughs> I'm going to get that thing off you. Because I've got to upgrade your wineskin. Where you're going, your wineskin right now can't contain. <laughs> where you are, where I want to take you, your wineskin is going to blow up. <laughs> it's going to break. Because I'm going to do a new thing in you. I'm not only going to have you be a, a teacher of truth, I'm going to have you be a releaser of encounters. A releaser. Encounter. You know, one encounter can change everything. One encounter can change your theology. One encounter can just with the love of God and the power of God. And, and so I hung in there in the tent for 10 days. <clears throat> and I can say that if I didn't want to go, Wendy probably would have forced to go. <laughs> You're going. <laughs> you need this. <laughs> but I don't feel like I do. Yeah, you need this. <laughs> and then by the 10th day, I became them. Became one of them. Ho! <laughs> Yo ho! <laughs> Woohoo! Freedom! <laughs> and obviously, freedom in meetings doesn't mean in everything goes. But, but if our goal in ministry is to prevent wildfire, we're probably never going to have the true fire. And I was focused on preventing wildfire. I don't want anything uncomfortable to happen. <laughs> and... and so the last day, there's a Baptist pastor and his wife visiting the tent. <laughs> yes. And we were ready to lay hands suddenly on people. So we had a good meeting, and then we invited them up for prayer. Her name's Lee and Gail, and we said, hey, can we pray for you? So they came up. We gathered around them. The moment we laid hands on them, they went out into the power. I mean, they just boom. The moment we touched them, they fell under the power. It wasn't a courtesy fall. <laughs> it was the real deal. And he got, I mean, he said, he got up, he was different. He said, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And he, he we built good relationship with him afterwards he invited us to speak in his church and but when i realized wow one encounter i'm not called just to bring truth i'm not just called to know the scripture i'm called to know the power of god and i mean in the whole journey god's still saying deeper value my presence seek me get get around people who who carry the manifest presence and the anointing um 
yeah, it, it, there, there may be things happening that, yeah, will make us uncomfortable or, or, or whatever. And, you know, just even guiding, I know as a leader, trying to guide the move of the Holy Spirit as a senior pastor, it's not always easy to figure out what's God on, what's he not on, you know, how far do we let things go? Because everybody's got an opinion. <laughs> as a senior leader, everybody's got, after you quench the Holy Spirit too much. Pastor, uh, you 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 have a whole you have a free for all here. This place is scary. <laughs> pray for your leaders. Pray for if you're part of Overflow. Pray for them. Part of another church. Pray for your leaders on the move of the Holy Spirit, because it it it, it really takes a lot of wisdom and discernment. But I just believe this, you know, tonight I was thinking about about this and just thinking about especially, I mean, coming out of this COVID thing. And I mean, by the way, we, we just need a refreshing, don't we? We need the joy of the Lord. We, we need just to, just to, the best party in town should be in church. The best party in town should be in church. I mean, you know, just. There, I believe there's going to be increasingly where we're just going to need designated drivers after church. <laughs> increasingly. It's happening again because God's people, you know what's happening right now? There's a, there's a reset in the church. There's a reset where the church is going back to the basics, going back to what brought us here, going back to... Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Going back, not putting our faith in man, not putting our faith in government, but putting our faith in, in, in what the Lord's doing, what he's doing. And, and nothing can stop revival. No government can stop revival. <clears throat> no devil can stop revival. And, and we're just in a whole brand new season and I believe that this, whole, this, this message tonight is thank you, Lord, for people who are here, people watching on Facebook. By the way, somebody watching on Facebook right now, it, just even the recording, it, the power of God is hitting you. And, and I just see people just shaking under the power of God. And, and just uh, where there's just there's breakthrough. There's somebody watching right now. Who's, who's, who's coming out of a spiritual cave. You've been like uh, uh, Elijah who said, he said, take my life, it's over, I'm the only one left. <laughs> he came out of the cave with some of his greatest assignments and you're coming out of the cave. You're coming out with the fire of God, the presence of God, with the truth of God. Thank you.